Well, good morning, Troy Church. You all sound like I feel. Uh, our band did two concerts this weekend, so it was like <clears throat> I was supposed to sing at the first service and the, and the next service after this one, and after doing two concerts, I was like, <clears throat> may not have a voice to do that. Um, and let me introduce myself. I'm Pastor Dan, and I'm the care pastor here at the church. For those of you who don't know who I am, and again, if you're visiting, please make sure you stop at the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. And so if you would, I'd like for you to bow with me as we open in a word of prayer. Oh God, as we look into your word once again about the freedoms that we have as believers in Christ, I pray, God, that you will help each of us to see that we have nothing to fear, that our lives as we surrender and allow your spirit to move and to work in and through us, That no matter what we face, God, our freedom that we find in you is all we need to be able to be the witness that you call us to be, to help to transform this world and make disciples. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we... Uh, some of you know, most of you may know that I play in a group of five pastors. We played last night at uh, Girard Fest in Girard, Illinois. Anybody know where Girard, Illinois is? Yeah, there's a few hands out there. I really wasn't very familiar with it. But it was interesting being a Christian band of five pastors playing at a secular outdoor event. You know, the park was packed. Um... And I question, you know, is this a place that w we should be? I mean, you know, th does this fit the venue of a, and when I told them we were all pastors, you know, you could see the mouths go. And I think they thought we were going to appear and go, you know, kumbaya, my Lord. And I thought they were, and we start out with a, a rocking song by DeGarmo and Key. Most of you don't know that name probably. But um, I realized this is where we need to be. We need to be in the world, but not of the world. And so it was a, a great experience um, to be able to be a part of something like that. But uh, it, was, it was different because I'm so used to playing in churches, you know, in places that where you can talk. And I try not to use much Christianese, but you could talk stuff about the songs. And I had to kind of th rethink how I introduced a song if I was going to introduce it. So anyway, that was... That's free. I, there's no charge on that. I, that went into part of my, my uh, sermon of the day. Near the end of the Civil War, though, in Richmond, Virginia, the Confederate capital, it was defeated by the Union Army, and no one knew it, but Abraham Lincoln was uh, planning on visiting. He was insistent that he was going to visit the city. The slaves recognized him immediately, and they began to swarm around him by signing the Emancipation Proclamation, he liberated them and Lincoln's army had set them free. According to an eyewitness, Admiral David Porter, Lincoln spoke to the crowd, my poor friends, you are free, free as air. You can cast off the name of slave and trample on it. Liberty or freedom is your birthright. 
But, he, but Lincoln warned them not to abuse their freedoms. He told them, let the world see that you merit your freedom. Don't let your joy about your freedom carry you to excess. Learn the laws, obey them. And I'd like to propose that Jesus' message to us is very much like message that Lincoln gave. Jesus gave his all, and those whom have been liberated by his death and resurrection, and all who place their faith and trust, he gave us our birthright to be free, spiritually free, not in bondage to sin and the effects of sin, not in bondage to being what everybody else wants us to be. You know, last week I talked about how when I went into the mall and I run into my drinking buddies, I acted one way and with my family another way and with my wife's family another way. But what happens whenever you run into both those groups at the same time in one spot? Which face do you wear? Christ gives us the freedom to be able to be who he has created us to be. But it's not a freedom as an excuse to disobey Last week, we learned that true freedom in Christ comes to us freely, that it compels us to serve the lost and creates in us the law of Christ, not law written on stone or paper, but law that has been placed in our hearts. Today, we're looking at a section of Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, and the use of our freedom, knowing that we are free in Christ. If, if we are not to live under the circumcision law, remember they had all these laws and they were trying to make the Gentiles be circumcised so they could be in, in Paul's, no, no, no. They don't need to go through that. And if we're not under that law, how are we to show the world that we're different, that we're, we're set apart? You can almost feel a variety of questions regarding the way we live outside of the law and yet under the law of the spirit, which is the law of love. Paul does not leave us without instruction. So he wrote in our 13 and 14 verses of chapter five here, you, my brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, everybody looks for different things in the Ten Commandments, don't we? I, I can keep that one. You know, maybe not that one so well. When I would do my confirmation classes and these junior high kids, I'd say, well, what, what, what rules or what do we follow? Oh, we follow the Ten Commandments. Okay, well, how are we doing? I think we do pretty good. Oh, really? Okay, well, let's see. You ever take anything that didn't belong to you? You ever told a story? You ever allow this little thing that we live by and die by anymore? You ever let that become your God? Because it's more important than his word. And they suddenly were going, I'm not doing so well. <laughs> yeah. But you see, the law shows us we can't do it on our own. We, we, you know, people all the time would tell me, Dan, just give me a list of five things I can do and I'll be right with God. And I go, well, 
If you got the Ten Commandments, we don't do real good at that. But it's not so much following a bunch of rules as it is allowing the law of Christ, which is the law of love, to rule within us, written in our hearts. Some look for divine guidance through this, these codes, but how many times do we look for loopholes? <laughs> do not bear false witness. Well, I'm not gossiping. I'm, it's a prayer request. We look for little ways we can get around things to say, you know, like a teenager or a young kid, whenever you say, don't cross this line, and, and they do this number. They see how close they can get to it, or if they can even barely step over and get away with it. We, we look for those loopholes, and Paul's caution to us is a valid one. Christian freedom is not a license to sin, but it's an opportunity to serve. Which leads to the command, serve one another humbly in love in verse 13. How sad it would be for those who are free from the law and under the spirit use their freedom to be proud, arrogant, and flaunting their freedom before people who haven't yet received Christ as their savior. And how many of us look down our noses at other people because, well, you don't go to my church. You're not as good as I am. And, and the world looks at us and goes, you're no different than we are. And, and as, as a, before a believer, I, I thought Christians were just weak, mamby-pamby people. And I thought they were second class. Because I'd hear people talk about love, but they would run one another down. They would gossip about people. They would cut people down. They would look down their nose at others. And I'm thinking... I'm thinking that's, <laughs> I can do that in the factory where I work. We do that all the time. I don't, need, I don't need that Christian stuff. You see, Paul wants us to realize, first of all, that the freedom we have in Christ is a gift. It's a gift of grace given to us. Our freedom in Christ is not to be waved around in people's faces. It should be lived out in the sense of humility and service to others. And yet so many of our churches in America are so caught up in inner stuff. It's all about us. And we forget that outside these walls, there are people dying and going to hell because we are not doing our part of showing the world love. That they, they're desperately looking for, what's that song? You know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Our only response and action to our freedom should be a lifestyle of serving others and loving others as commanded by our Lord. Paul has been proclaiming that sinners, Jews and Gentiles, by faith in Christ alone are justified. And through the redemption, they're secured in Christ's atoning sacrifice on the cross and believers have been liberated, set free from the law, and the condemnation that the law gave. Again, those, those rules, those ten commandments that were given to us on stone, Jesus said, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And I'm giving you a higher law, a law to love others. You see, the law pointed people 
to Christ. Because we realize we can't do it on our own. We have been called to be free and to live out our lives without fear. How am I going to make the next car payment? What am I going to do if this happens? I really screwed up this week. Does God still love me? All those what-if questions. And he says, you're free from that. And so I was going to sing a song today, but <clears throat> because the voices, I walked in the office and they went, wow, do you have a cold? And I go, no, this is after a concert. This is the way my voice sounds sometimes. But I want to play a, a song by uh, Zach Williams. So go ahead and play that now. I'm no longer a
Did you catch where that was taking place? Where was it? It was in a prison. Whenever Dave and I were working on, and we had to shorten it because it was over a six minute song. I didn't want it to be that long and so we were working on it. And when you heard those men in prison singing at the end, I mean, we just got goosebumps. Thinking here they are, captive and yet free in Christ and so what is it that keeps you captive what sin ensnares you to where you are not free but you're a slave to the sin you see Paul's words to us are not necessarily a call from Paul but a call from God himself. We're called out of a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Paul goes on to emphasize, serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I want us to realize, secondly, that our freedom is not to serve the flesh. That's what kept us in bondage before we were free in Christ. People are still enslaved by their sin. They're not free. And we're not, our freedom is not to be used to do whatever we want to fulfill the desires of our flesh. However, this is not true. In fact, Jesus said that it was bondage. We're not in freedom when we're living for ourselves. We're actually in bondage. You see, some people have said, Dan, but sin is fun. And I go, you're right, for a season. Because before long, what used to be fun and you had control of, you no longer control. It controls you. And you are a slave to whatever it is, that sin that you can't get out of. True freedom in fact. Jesus said in John 8, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to that sin. And when Christ sets us free, we are free indeed from the law. We are free from our enslavement, our being captivated and captive by this habit or this sin or whatever it is that we'd like to be broke free from, but we can't seem to break that, that grip on us. Peter, in 1 Peter 2, Describes our calling like this. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slave. Jude speaks of condemned and ungodly men who act this way, who pervert the grace of our God into a license of immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. To use our freedom in this way is to deny that Jesus Christ who gives us freedom from sin, not free to sin. 
For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. There's that word again, holy life. The church in many ways is not any different than a lot of the world anymore. And and I don't mean that to be a judgmental statement. It's just... Sometimes you can look at the church and you can look at the world and you go, well, I don't really see much difference. And we're called to be a peculiar people. For all who have put on Christ, pray for strength to deny our flesh from fulfilling its lustful desires. If you're like me, you can still remember the emptiness and the fleeing that pleasures of those things which we used to do. I... In my B.C. days, I told you last week, B.C., before Christ, before Carol, and before my children. In those B.C. days, I, you know, I live for Dan Perry. And sometimes we do stupid things. Can I get an amen? I guess all you are better than I am. And and again, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this. But it, but before I became a Christian, you know, my cars were my, that was my thing other than my music. And I bought this new car and I was working in a factory and I parked in the back 40 where nobody could ding my car. And I came out, I worked midnights. I came out in the morning and right there next to my car, Somebody in an old beat-up pickup truck parked so close to me that he put three dings in my door. Well, the flesh came out. I took my keys and went right down the side of his truck. And I thought, (laughs) how stupid was that? What, What did I accomplish by doing that? But see that that old self inside before we are converted to Christ has a way of just, and you know, even today it still raises it. My old self still has a, has a tendency sometimes to kind of raise its old head and go up. Oh, yeah, remember this? Remember what you used to be like? And I go, yeah, but I'm no longer that person. I've been set free, free to be who I am, free to be what God wants me to be. And so, what what we find in the new covenant, the Spirit of God has poured out upon us and we have this new birth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 became my life scripture that in Christ we are a new creature. The old passed away and behold, a new has come. That's what makes this newfound freedom work. For all who have been awakened by the Spirit of God in order that we might bring forth fruit of righteousness of God. And so we read in Romans 6.22, but now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap is what? Okay, I've got to remind you again. Yeah, I, I ask questions and you respond. And so that's just my style. So he says that the benefit you reap leads to, there's that word again, and the result is 
holiness, set apart, being different. And as a result, we are given eternal life. Freedom in Christ moves us to a higher plane to say no to our earthly and our fleshly desires. Does that mean we always win? I wish I could say yes. But sometimes we still fall into temptations. And that's when we go to God and say, God, forgive me. And sometimes we've got to go to other people and ask for forgiveness. Serving others in love is not from the flesh. That's not natural. (laughs) We don't want to serve others. We want to serve ourselves. I want what I want, the way I want, when I want, and where I want it. That's who we are in the natural form. Such love is love from our Lord who did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom. So let us follow our Lord where over and over he has given us examples that what we should do. Let us walk in love as he walked. And so you may be thinking, who in the world can live like that? Who can do that? Only the person whose life has been transformed by Christ can even begin to have the power to do that because it's not the power of us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So before we come to Christ, we're looking out for who? Me. We live in a me society. Everything's about me. All the commercials, you deserve You ought to have this. If you have this or that or the other, you'll be more popular. If you have this kind of a car, people will look up to you. If you have this kind of clothing, if you have, and it's more and more. And what's it doing? It's feeding the me in every one of us. But I've learned that our needs never satisfy. Oh, maybe for a period. Ladies, when you bought that new dress you thought was the greatest thing, oh, this is the most beautiful dress. You come to church the first Sunday you wear it, and there's two other women wearing the same dress. That dress no longer has the same effect it had when you first bought it, does it? Because earthly things don't bring true freedom and joy. So when you and I are satisfied through Christ, what else do we need? What else do we need? This new covenant, this new law to love, no longer is a law written on stones or on paper, but it's a law written in our hearts. The Spirit gives us love from God that spills out of us and into a world that so desperately needs it. Paul tells us, but by walking in the Spirit, I say to you then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against flesh, and these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You see, the law of stone does not empower us to overcome our desires of the flesh. Satan's greatest weapon against us is discouragement, fear. And if we quit, Satan wins. The flesh of our human nature without God does not satisfy. And in the Bible, God says a lot about the flesh, but here's five things that the Word of God says about our flesh. First of all, the flesh is very, what? Sinful. The flesh is very sinful. Secondly, the flesh 
will not obey God. It's contrary. Three, the flesh cannot know God. Four, the flesh cannot please God. And five, the flesh in and of itself cannot be made good. Paul wrote in, seven, in Romans 7, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Self has a way of manifesting itself, but its attitude toward God never changes. It's an enemy of God. Have you ever noticed that self is the greatest enemy? We do dumb things and then sit back and wonder, why in the world did I do that? Even though sometimes though we've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, we still allow self to rule in our lives far too often. So there, here's an important question. Can we be delivered from the rule of self? Is there hope? Is there a chance that I can be changed, transformed? The answer is yes, through the power of God's Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the source of all power for all righteous living. Therefore, our goal is to resist sin and present ourselves as instruments of righteousness to God. And let us not grow weary or not lose heart, but let us fight the good fight. As born-again believers, our desire is to walk in the Spirit to glorify God. And these two ways of walking, walking in the flesh and walking in the Spirit, are opposed to each other. And our flesh is occupied with things that are seen, things that are temporal, cars, clothes, iPhones, <laughs> whatever your phone might be. The flesh seeks its own, but the Spirit seeks God. The flesh is mindful of things of this world, but the Spirit is mindful of things of God. Romans 13 tells us, but put on Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. You see, it's my hope that looking at our freedom that we have in Christ's perspective would take the opportunity to live a thankful life for what Christ has done and what he offers to us. For through his work on the cross, his giving the spirit and our freedom we have through Christ, we come to realize how important our freedom really is in Christ. It's a freedom that goes beyond the U.S. Constitution or the freedom resulting in our, from our rebellion it is a freedom that we can enjoy through the love and the mercy of Christ. You see, we are truly free in Christ Jesus if we are led by the Spirit. And if we're led by the Spirit, we are no longer under the law, but we're free. How about you? Have you made that choice to choose to walk with Christ? To say, I've done it my way. I did it for 21 years in my own way. My way is not working, God. I want to go your way. It's available. And how do you do it? You simply ask. Pray with me if you would.
God, right now we come to you and, and we do ask. God, we ask that for anyone here that has never experienced the freedom that you're, you're offering to us, that today might be the day they do that. That today they turn their life to you. And I ask you, Lord, come into my life. Change me, transform me. Help me to be, overcome the fear and discouragement that I experience in this life. And free me up to be your servant. For we ask this in the name of the one who has the power to set us free, Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray.